Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
Hey, what's going on, everybody? Yeah, we're back here. Yeah, I, I was trying to get ready, trying to get on time, 8 o'clock, like I like to say. But, uh, yeah, here we go, CPT once again. Yeah, that's right. That's me, your boy, Mr. Ed. Oh, man. Got a big old show here tonight. Got a big old show. I never know in the lateness or anything. Show will run as long as it needs to. That's all we need to know. Um, got all kinds of stuff here on deck. We're going to be talking a little bit about the school year coming up here, school year 2021. Uh, boy, there's it, some craziness going on there. So I want to break that down here. Uh, we got to talk about white culture. I don't know if you guys know what white culture is. Uh, I didn't know what white culture was, but apparently there's a thing called white culture and... If you're brown, then somehow it's as bad. Anyway, we'll we'll cut through all the muck and mire there, but we're gonna break that down here. We're gonna talk about 21 signs. You're a useful idiot. Uh, I want to talk about these uh, these raids that are happening on these Antifa members. God, I'm loving that so much. It is so delicious. Uh, HCQ. I want to talk about that. The Wall of Moms. A bunch of idiots out there. Doctor Fauci. <laughs> I got something to say to you, sir. Powdered sugar. Powder sugar might be my meme too. Yeah, I gotta tell you about my spirit meme when we come back here. But you know what? Let's just get right to it. Let's get this party kicked off. Yes, sir. July 21, 2020. The magical year of 2020 because it's been nothing but one huge shit show right from the get-go. But you know what? That's okay because you guys are here. I am here. And you know what? Everyone in the listening audience, you, 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 and you, down in Texas, around Wisconsin, out there in California, and around the world, that's right, even the retarded kids over there eating crayons, yes, I'm talking to the white liberals, that's right, not the actual retarded kids, they're smart, but yes, it's another Tuesday night here on the Caramel Conservative Podcast, and boy, I just started this show off just so not politically <laughs> There's got to be at least a dozen people offended. I probably pissed somebody off already, but uh, yeah, it's going to happen. That's going to happen, but yeah, it happens. What are you going to do? Oh, Elario, that might be too soon. <laughs> Kanye West in a, uh, in a bulletproof vest here says, when you're working the security detail for Disneyland Maxwell and a FedEx truck pulls up. Ooh, that was dark. That one was dark. Speaking about memes, though, apparently, and I got to give uh, credit to uh, Ruth Ann Paulson, I believe her last name is. She posted this, and I just um, I immediately gravitated to it. It is my spirit meme. Um, it, it, it touched my soul. It made me feel. It made me feel complete. It was beautiful. It, it was something that, if I had the ability to cry, I'd actually cry. It was beautiful, really, seriously. It has a picture of Negan from The Walking Dead, and he's smiling. And on there it says, I've reached, the, I've reached that age where my brain goes from, you probably shouldn't say that, to, oh, what the hell, let's see what happens. That kind of sums things up for me in a nutshell. I, I really have gotten <laughs> to that point, and I don't know. Yeah, see, Joe, you got that right. It's better to be pissed off than pissed on. 
Yeah, I don't have the triggered sound. I, I got something like this here, though. Oh, wait, that's... Yeah, I see. There we go. Gotta get the right volume up and all the other jazz. Oh, goodness. Uh, what do we got here? Oh, I got a new follower on Twitter. Let's see what we got here. Periscope. Uh, let's see if I got this right. Charmaine Fierce is here. Oh, an artist and a dancer. All right. I really don't use too much uh, uh, Twitter too much. I mean, it's just, I like to use Twitter, but I kind of find Twitter to be essentially the the cesspool of the internet. I mean, like, I think 4chan and Reddit might actually be a little more credible than a lot of the stuff that's on Twitter, just in terms of the responses and everything else like that. I think there's a lot of folks out there that are on Twitter that are posting just, you know, good information out there. I think the responses in general is just kind of trashy. But it's, it's kind of whatever. If it's your cup of tea, by all means, go nuts. But you can get a lot of good stories from there. No doubt about that. No doubt. So anyway, shall we jump right into it? And I want to... Monkey's popping up on me. What's going on? Oh, there's more. Oh, I see. <laughs> oh, the mask memes. Okay. Yeah, Joe just posted one of the guys from Practical Jokers, and he's like, uh, you know, they always got somebody to go do a prank or something, and there's a little earpiece. So he goes, okay, Mur, go into the grocery store without a mask on. This is kind of getting ridiculous. And, and again, I'm talking about masks over and over and over again. And it's it, it really is a story that just really pisses me off, I think, in general. Because there is no real science behind that. Yes, I'm going to make that declaration. You know, no, I am not a scientist. But please, direct me to where are the controlled studies that say that, okay, the N95 mask works according to that. Okay, there are studies for that, no doubt. What about the surgical masks? What about the way that people are actually putting them on? What about the bandanas? What about the people that are, you know, cutting up shirts and making their own face masks? What is it, their true effectiveness? Don't even get me started on the idiots at Walmart that are running around basically have their underwear on their face. It's not effective at all. And, you know, you take a look at some of these folks that are getting sick. And these are folks that have isolated themselves from home, rarely went out, wore face masks all over the place. And now we have all kinds of grocery stores. Your pick and saves, your, you know, Piggly Wiggly, I believe is one. All these um, Dollar Tree was doing it for a time, but they rescinded that, although it is highly encouraged. Then you also have, who do you got? You got Home Depot now doing it. You got Lowe's now doing it. And, of course, you have Menards doing it. The Menards one just really gets to me. Because there are certain, I live in a very rural area. So, of course, my my shopping options are rather limited. So, in some instances, I have to kind of play the game. I really don't want to. And, for the most part, I'm not going to if I don't absolutely have to. But when you happen to have something I have to that I need, uh, yeah, okay, I'm gonna play the game. But dear God, I'm gonna take that sob off as soon as humanly possible. Uh, it just 
For me, I'm a very claustrophobic person. I hate that feeling of anything covering my face. I hate being restricted, and it just makes it makes you feel like you're suffocating, or at least for me, it is. Uh, but you know, apparently, some people actually believe they're doing a world of good, which in and of itself is absolutely amazing. But all right, let's jump into the stories here because I got a lot of them. Um, there was this one. Let me see if I got that one. That was. This one was just kind of ridiculous because, so obviously we, we talked about the face mask. We talked about the, the absurdity of it all, but there was, oh, I must have blow that, blew that one away. <laughs> and Joe said, you know, if you're going to use the underwear as a face mask, remember the brown streak goes on the outside. You would think people would know that, but that's not always the case. But there was a story that was out there. Apparently, some county health official was recommending that people that were going to in, engage in coitus, you know, do the vertical joyride, the hunka chunka, the wild mambo, in other words, traditionally have sex, they're recommending these individuals wear a face mask while they copulate or they fornicate. Yeah, I, and I just... As I looked at the article, I'm like, you can't, you can't be serious, right? I mean, we're now more worried about people wearing face masks when they hook up in the midst of hookup culture. I, I, I don't get that. You know, and I'm not condemning the whole hookup culture. I mean, that's what you do. That's what you do. God bless you. I pray to God you don't get an STD. Do your thing. But uh, don't you have more to worry about? Like, I don't know, an STD, getting knocked up, than you do with COVID? Maybe it's just me. I don't know. I could be wrong on that completely. But, um, oh, here it is. Yep. Yeah, this is a fun article. Like I said, I could be completely wrong, but I seriously doubt it, though. So, yeah, uh, safe sex during the coronavirus pandemic may soon require protection beyond just the nether regions. A study from researchers at Harvard University said that hooking up carries some risk with transmitting COVID-19 from one partner to another and recommends, among other practices, wearing a face mask while doing it. Now, this was published in the Annals of Internal Medicine, ranked risky situations based on how likely to catch a coronavirus while in the act. Researchers recommended wearing a mask for the riskiest sexual scenario. People, uh, sex with people other than those whom one is quarantined. So, <laughs> if, so I guess if you and your girlfriend live in different places, you're putting face back. I, seriously? Um, the study also mentioned that having sex with people other than who you are living or quarantined together, um, it's safer when you're quarantined together, but there is still a risk. For example, if one partner goes outside to run an errand, they are exposed to the Rona. Oh, shoot. We're starting already. Yeah, we got like five minutes into the show already blowing up on the phone. What's going on, man? What's up, brother Ed? <laughs> What's going on? I'm Mario? sorry, but <laughs> did I get you already stirred up on that How one? How you doing? I don't know. I I couldn't hear what you were saying before, and so I just called in. Well, real quick here. Oh, great question, Gary. So I guess they address this in the sense that if 
you and your wife are living together, that's one thing. But if one of you goes out to run an errand, then you could possibly still be at risk. So, Larry, to kind of bring you up to speed here, basically, this research is saying that, you know what, if you're hooking up or you got a girlfriend and you guys don't live together, you're not quarantined together, and you're having sex, you should probably wear a face mask. Do you imagine how awkward that is? Like, what if your girlfriend's got like some kind of sexual trauma? Wouldn't like, I don't know. Wouldn't Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. That kind of trigger her, wouldn't it? Kind of like, I, I, you know, I don't know. I wouldn't want to do that. Oh. <laughs> What's wrong with people, man? You gotta wear, gotta wear a mask. Would have like just people doing it or having sex. All you see is just their eyes. No talking. No nothing. It's just two people looking at mask. I can't even. I guess the, I can't with these people today. I guess now the ball gag <laughs> is going to be considered PPE now. Oh. I just can't anymore. <laughs> just this this world, man. I'll tell you. So what's going on, man? What's In going on? What... Practice, you know, just living life, working hard, trying to get people to support the president. And then. In Milwaukee, which is always a challenge. You know what? I have to say, it's been pretty good so far. We've had a positive impact, mm-hmm. I believe. I don't know. I don't have like data or anything to prove what I'm saying, but just from my personal experience of talking with people, right? Uh, just them walking into the office, it's been great. So now, I'm happy. Now, for you and what you guys do, why would an individual who may be opposed to what you're doing, saying, or whatever, uh, why would they walk into the office? Hmm. Well, one would be, I don't know, if they're trying to lay out the land and see what's good to steal. I don't know. That's one reason. Mm. Another reason would be just to create... Uh, I know some protesters this one time, they went into an office, I think it was here in Wisconsin, but they occupied an office and they were tearing down signs and everything and they were putting up their own signs like Jesus. That's really mature. I mean, that that could could be another reason. Another reason would be maybe they need to use the bathroom (laughs) or they they take it for another building. I I have people at times thinking we're the tax building, like the tax office with the Liberty statue, but that's like right, like that's like a couple buildings down. I'm like, no, that's right down that way. They're like, all right. Thank you. Have a nice day. <laughs> <laughs> I got to pay my taxes, man. Did you pay your other bills? No, man, but I got to pay tax. I'll go to jail for that. 
Oh, no. <laughs> At least somebody, somebody's getting paid. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> somebody's getting paid. There's always somebody getting paid. If it's not us, it's someone else. No, somebody's always getting paid. That is true, man. So I'm looking at this video right now here, and it's interesting because it was a uh, breaking story. Brian Schimming, uh, you guys might know him in the Milwaukee area here, as a substitute host for Vicky McKenna. And apparently earlier today, there's a report that came out indicating that 16 people were shot at a funeral home in Chicago, Illinois. And this coming off of yeah, another brutal weekend know. from Chicago, where I believe the number was 50-some people had been shot and up to 12 people killed over the weekend. Jesus. So can somebody please explain to me and Hilario and everyone else listening here, with all of this violence in inner cities like Milwaukee and Chicago, please tell me how Black Lives Matter. I'd love to know an answer to that. Mm. I don't think I have an answer for you, Ed. I mean, clearly, they must not if these issues continue to go on within these communities. Right. They, I just saw a post today where they, <laughs> some leftists posted a meme, or I don't know if it was supposed to be funny or anything, but they were saying, well, to those people who say, I don't see color, uh, how do they see black on black crime? It's like, <laughs> all right, I, I like, have an answer okay. for that, but go on. It's like, okay, well, first of all, we call out crime when we see it. When white people are having white on white crime, we know that we don't, we don't make a big deal out of it because it happens. We just hope that an officer is there to make sure that they do their duty and take care of the crime after it's done or when it's happening. Mm -hmm. Asians, Hispanics, it does not matter. But for some reason, there's a big issue within the black community where they don't call it out when they see it. Sure. And I don't, that goes back to the idea that we talked about where people say snitches get stitches. Mm-hmm. So See, maybe that's an idea. I don't know. You break it down for me. <laughs> See, here's my take on that. Here's my take on that. So if you look at the UCR, the Uniform Crime Report and Statistics from the FBI, and the majority of policing precincts and districts, they report all their, their crime numbers to this particular area. And one of the things you'll find is, obviously, because of the sheer numbers, you have more white people here in America, so you have more white-on-white -white crime. The thing with black-on-black -black crime, it becomes more pronounced simply because it is within the inner city. So when you're in an inner city, any of the things that might happen in, say, suburban areas, well, the suburban area coverage becomes shocking only because, like, wow, that never really happens. It's the massive numbers that you see within inner cities in these communities that make them so dangerous and so appalling. The problem is, is that when they say, you know, well, if you don't see color, then why is it? Why do you call it black, black crime? And it's because you're constantly decrying racism. You're all, you're constantly saying the police are after black folks. But why is there an increased presence within these communities, within minority communities? And the answer is simply this. You wanted more of that in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s. You got more of that. And because you got more of that, there was a greater, and you got more because it was greater, um, your, your crime stats were just off the chart in a lot of ways.
everything from aggravated assaults to homicides to domestic violence. All those numbers were exponentially higher than in other areas of, of the cities. So when you're committing that, those acts of violence and criminal activity against your quote unquote own people, well, you're going to get called out on it accordingly. You don't get to sit here and cry mm-hmm. racism. Meanwhile, you're you're taking more lives than law enforcement or any other perceived injustice is coming your way. I mean, somebody made this point earlier today that within two months, there have been more black lives that have been taken than have been in the last couple of years combined from law enforcement through justified or unjust killings. So, yeah. And yes, we all do see color. That's true. But a lot of us, as a descriptor, you know, what can you tell me about that guy? Oh, yeah, brown mm-hmm. skin, probably Hispanic, you know, 5'3", 472 pounds, uh, you know, look like 10 pounds of shit in a five-pound bag. You know, that's how, you know, that's how we would describe people like that. You know, so it's not that we don't see color. It's that we look for the content of the character so that we can say, hey, you know, is this the person we want to associate with? Is this person that we don't want to associate with? Does that make any sense? It makes perfect sense. I know exactly what you mean. And I think people need to hear that more often than when they don't because I feel like there's it's like a bad game of telephone. People are not hearing what we have to say. We're hearing exactly what they have to say. But when we try to communicate back to them, it's just, I don't know, there's some interference in between. Oh, I think they, or they don't want to hear it. I think they hear us very clearly. The problem is, is that they have their own agenda. Like, okay, let's, let's, let's go hmm. back. Let's go, okay. to, let's go to George Floyd. Let's just go to George Floyd. Let's forget about everybody else prior to George Floyd. Let's just only focus on George Floyd because apparently George Floyd was a freaking saint. And let's not even talk about what he did in life. So when he died, everybody was essentially on the side of the whole, yes, it is true. Black lives do matter. Okay. People need to, you know, it was that that moment in time. Where if you wanted to reevaluate policing practices and have the adult conversation, let's have that conversation. But we couldn't have that conversation because amidst all the protests, you had all the militant black folks out there. And when I say militant black folks, again, I break down BLM into essentially three categories. You got the actual protesters that actually want to affect some change in society through legitimate means. Yep. You have the opportunist criminal element that they were just looking for a reason to just cause some havoc. They just don't give a damn. They don't care about themselves, much less Mm -hmm. anybody else. And then you have the Marxist. And those are the ones that took over BLM. (laughs) And not only that, but they are working hand in hand with Antifa. So, of course, that's when the riots and everything else broke out. Well, what what do you think the response is going to be? At this particular point, you know, they've been rioting and everything, especially in these Democrat-friendly cities run by Democrats themselves. And they end up, you know, the cops are being pulled back. The cops are being told we need to defund the police and everything else. 
And that's the message that they kept projecting. So everybody was on the side of, at first. Let's reevaluate. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's have this adult conversation. But again, what a lot of people don't understand about the left is they do not want a conversation. They are not interested in hearing what you or anyone else has to say. They want what they want. They have made the statement over and over again. If you don't give us what we want, we will burn this system down. If you don't do X, Y, or Z, we're going to just do whatever. So we can't have that adult conversation and look at people as people and understand and want to listen to and be active listeners in that conversation without having these other people that are just stirring up the pot. And the craziest part about that, those folks that are stirring the pot, it's it, it's such a small number. But they are getting everybody riled numbers. up. So, yeah, we could have had that conversation. But certain people don't want that conversation because that, that conversation would be unifying. And if we, if we mm-hmm. unified, then you would have people that that doesn't bode well for them. It doesn't bode well for deep state players. It doesn't bode well for the Marxists and the socialists. Well, socialists and Marxists are pretty much the same damn thing. It doesn't bode well from them because when we sit and we listen and we talk to one another, when we have those conversations and we come to an understanding and we actually sit down and have a battle plan as to what we're going to do going forward with the understanding that law enforcement is essential in all neighborhoods, but you know what? We have to change certain practices, and we do this as a community. When you have that understanding and that unity, how do you break that? You have to break it with violence and disruption. Yep. These people are nuts. <laughs> <laughs> you think? Black Dragons Radio has jumped on here tonight. Man, chat room's already blowing up, man. We got Brother Joe. You were in the chat room already. We got uh, Gary Russell from GJRB Online. We got Brother John here from OBFSU already here tonight. So, yeah, it's, it's looking good in here. Good times. Good times. I, I like that. So what else you got on your agenda here tonight? I'm trying to think. Uh-oh, we might be here all these night, people, bro. These, there's a lot going on. I don't know if you saw this. 
but I heard about it today. Shoot. Apparently, the Ohio Speaker of the House, who is a Republican, just got caught in like a $60 million scam. I don't know if it was million or billion. That's a, I mean, that's a big difference. That's a huge difference, yeah. He, he got caught in a big scam uh, with fraud and... There's a mm-hmm. hold on, not the research it speaker Ohio speaker of the house. Well, Joe on here had mentioned there was some other folks that had gotten nabbed and another. Uh, I think it was either bribery, was he bribery extortion? I can't remember exactly, but there are four other uh, politicians down there that got caught up in in that as well too. Yeah, here we go. Ohio speaker uh, and four charged in largest bribery bribery yep. money laundering in the state's history. Yep. So apparently Larry Householder and four others were arrested and charged Tuesday as part of a $60 million racketeering and bribery probe that investigators called the largest in the state in yep. history. Like, I, and he's a Republican. Even it, people... like, what do these people think? Oh, it's easy. They think they're untouchable. I, I, I honestly mm-hmm. believe that if anybody, you know, if, if anybody on the right in particular thinks that our side is clean, make no mistake about it. They're not. Power corrupts. That's they're the not. first thing, you know, and that's important to note because the founders never wanted career politicians. The founders never wanted individuals that were going to be running for government and that's going to be their career. They want the farmer to go to Washington, represent their constituency, go back and, and start tilling the land all over again. But somehow we've gotten into this era of the, you know, lifelong career politician, which is complete and utter BS, you know, which give us rise to the Chuck Schumer's, the Nancy Pelosi's, the John Lewis's, the the uh, uh, what's his name? Paul Ryan's of the world. You haven't done a damn thing in your yep. life. You haven't held down a job, haven't created a job, have never done anything like that. But you're going to tell the rest of us how we should live our lives because by God, you're the ruling class. No, it, the dirt is on the right and the left. And I guarantee you within the next several months here, it's all going to be exposed. And I think it's going to be exposed in a way that it's going to shock the world. I personally believe that this is the idea of draining the swamp, not just in DC because mm-hmm. it's not just there. It's in every single state government, local government. I mean, it runs deep. I mean, even the local politician there is a yes. perfect example. He's been in office my entire life as mayor, <laughs> and I'm only 19. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so someone like that who has been in politics for years, as an example, it, that is how corruption works. And the idea of draining the swamp uh, it's slowly coming true. Yeah. Uh, it's working because we're now finally getting good people like Barr and Durham and other attorneys who are looking into these people. Yep. And Larry Householder, the uh, speaker of Ohio, mm-hmm. uh, this is just the uh, to get the ball rolling. And when it yep. comes to September... And even after the election, when we win, and the 
Durham report starts coming out, we are going to start seeing more of these. Oh no 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 no! no. Let, let, let me correct, let me correct you on something. Let me correct you on something. There's not going right. to be Durham's not given a report. There is no report. I'm I'm gonna, I'm going to deflate that for for a moment. Durham is not giving a report. He will be issuing indictments. This is not indictments. My this, bad. This is My not, bad. you know, hey, I'm going to give you a report and you're going to go ahead and put it in the circular file somewhere. You know, and John puts it best over here. The D.C. elite and the D.C. corporation, the D.C. cesspool are self-serving snouts in the uh, in the troll in the troll mongrels all on the same team. Just one big charade at our cost. And I can't say it with the cool accent that John's got. John will go on that diatribe, and it is like not, he's like I ain't gonna lie. I'm driving in my car, and I'm listening to him when he's got a broadcast going. I'm like, oh damn, damn, he's going off, man. This is good. It's good stuff right here. <laughs> he's got the cool accent. I don't, but he is absolutely correct. What we're gonna see here in the next, I, I would venture to say, in the next month, we're not looking at a report. This isn't going to Pelosi and. And anyone else, it's indictments. People are be, going to be arrested. And you have to understand that, you know, for Trump and his team, for Barr, for Durham, everybody wants, you know. And, and you know what, John? I, I absolutely, I, I can certainly understand that. John mentioned here he's not holding his breath on Durham. But I think a lot of people, we want to see arrests. We want to see justice coming. We want to see an end to this two-tier justice system where the elites get off for stuff that we would be locked up for life. The thing is, they have one shot. Literally one shot. They have to get this right. And they have to get it done. And it, it, it takes time. That's the sucky part about it. You know, it, it, it's not like, you know, when you sit down and you watch a two-hour movie and you watch the drama unfold and, you know, and they're able to figure out a case within an episode or whatever. Um, God, I wish it were because if that were the case, you know, the Clintons would be in jail. Obama would have been indicted, but they got one shot. So I'm going to be really interested mm -hmm. to see what's going to happen here in, in this next month. And I think, you know, kind of going back to last week where, yes, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. John mentioned here, you know, we, we've watched for three and a half years, Ed, and no one has been arrested. Total procrastination of time, uh, shuffling, you know, bullshit. And I, he's absolutely right. And I guess I'm choosing to be hopeful here in this because I would love to see this happen. And, you know, you got, what's his name, Roger Stone, whose sentence was recently commuted. We're looking at General Michael Flynn, possibly... Um, what do you call it? His whole case might be just gone here in the next week or two. What does Flynn know that they want to keep him off the board? You know, so I mean, there, there's so many pieces at play here. And then, of course, you know, like I said earlier, we can't forget about just Lee Maxwell. And I honestly believe all of this is tied up together. Oh, it most definitely is. All of, and I, I apologize about my wording. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's all like good, man. Report. But, uh, yeah, this, this definitely all ties together. I mean, nothing happens by accident. This is happening mm. all for a reason. Right. And it's slowly coming out. And, you know, going back to the issue of, like, for three and a half years um, with the bullshit, yeah. I mean, we had Jeff Sessions, who did not really do a good job as an attorney general. He, he being recruited, uh, re- uh, recusing himself and the whole rush mm-hmm. of bullshit and, and the, um, all that stuff. I think if that stuff didn't happen, we could have probably seen indictments already and maybe some people getting arrested. Right. Uh, but I'm just glad that we're finally getting to it now. Never, I guess, is a good way to put it. Not really, but <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh, hey, it's John but, Galt. Yeah, this is all happening. Who is John Galt? John. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> if you don't know the line, uh, who is John Galt, you need to either find the book or the movies uh, Atlas Shrugged. You will totally, totally understand what that means. It is, it's, it's a, the movie I thought was great. Um, God, I don't even recall if I read the book, to be honest with you. Here's a very, very long one. But, yeah, great stuff. Gary mentioned on here, I always wondered if uh, taking political science in college, they teach how to be dishonest. I remember my dad always saying that he would run for office, but they didn't want him because he was too honest. That's interesting because um, I've heard a lot of people say something to that effect as well. And I've taken, obviously, I think a lot of people have taken you know political science courses and stuff over the years. But what's funny about it is it's always a rehash of history, different perspectives. And you could always tell who was a liberal leaning, who was more constructionist. And honestly, it was like spinning your wheels. I mean, it it was like, um, you know, I could have just read a book and gotten the same information in a lesser amount of time and probably for cheaper. Oh, man. Where is my name from? I got to learn how to spell correctly, too. <laughs> Atlas Shrug. Like I said, great movie. Yeah, well, great movie. Three-part movie. Really, really long, but damn good. All right, Hilario. I'm going to take my, my first break here, but let me let you go here because I want to. there's a couple things I definitely need to get into here tonight. And I want to make sure I open up the That's line for no other folks problem. here because we got a lot to cover. I mean, I want to talk about this school year. I got white culture. I want to talk about white culture when we come back because this one, mm-hmm. this was, I'm just going to say, you know what? 
just be ready for what's coming up. I'm ready. I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you might not have a choice here, but yeah. All right, Hilario, thank you very much for joining here tonight. Of course. You have a good night. Ed. All right, you too, Thanks. brother. All right, that was Hilario DeLeon. So let's cut all here to our first break, and when we come back, I want to talk about this idea of what white culture is and why certain people have, well, a negative aversion to it. Give us a couple minutes. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Caramel Conservative as we are approaching 9 p.m. Central Standard Time. And something just came wrecking down my stairwell. Well, that's all right. Yeah, we're about to kick it back off here. All kinds of craziness going on. All right. So if you guys are in the chat room, get ready to blow it up here because we got a lot of stuff going on here. And as always, please make sure you like, share, subscribe, all that other good stuff. Nathan, do me a favor, bro. See that paper towel over there? That's on the stairwell. Go ahead and get that and collect that all up, okay? That is outstanding. Gotta love a young man that does what he's told. All right. So, can somebody tell me what exactly is white culture? Now, seriously, I, I, I love to know what white culture is. Toss that over here on this side. Okay. Just the paper towel. Which paper towel? Put it on the chair. By the way, it's a white paper towel. Just, you know, as an FYI. <laughs> uh, that I don't know what's up. All right, it's whatever. All right, cool. Thank you. All right. Gotta love the distractions, but that's it's all good still. So anyway, hey, let me jump over here to this because this is... Uh, I, I want to get this out. Port of. <laughs> that was a different distraction. Come on, man. <laughs> Oh, goodness. All right. So there's this place. It's called NMAHC. I hate acronyms. I, I really, really do. But it's the National Museum of African American History and Culture. And they want to make you aware of certain signs of whiteness. Did you know that? So here's the thing. So when we talk about black folks and we talk about Hispanics and well, let me pick on Hispanics in particular because they're huge on, you know, their culture and what makes them different. Now, Hispanics as a whole, if you want to lump them all together, there's just a bunch of brown people running around. I mean, let's just make a very carte blanche blanket statement there. Okay. But go up to a Mexican and call him a Puerto Rican. See what happens. Go to a Puerto Rican and call them a Mexican. Call Puerto Rican a Cuban or vice versa. Oh, man, you'll see people come unhinged with a quickness. I've seen people get worked up. And it's kind of funny to me because I get everybody has their distinct individual cultures, although you share a lot of similarities, especially with language, religion, and, and even to a certain extent, certain foods. Um it is funny to me because they're very, very quick to want to self-identify as these particular groups, okay? So, obviously, when we've seen this here, the, all these riots and protests and everything else like that, here in America, we have this thing, you know, we call it black culture. And within black culture, you can break that down to several different subcategories, you know. But when it comes to white folks... Why is it everybody wants to just lump them all as just white folks without the distinguishing factors of, you know, Polish people are this particular way. German people are this particular way. The Irish are, you know, drunk. Um, no, they're not drunk all the time. Just just most of the time. Um, you know, <laughs> it, you don't distinguish any of these people. You know, the Protestants and the Catholics, they operate very differently. The Lutherans are kind of like Catholic light. Nobody really distinguishes that other than to say that it's all white. Well, 
to me, that's your first red flag. That's your first red flag. It's just overall racism coming from any type of minority source there. And here, <laughs> I want to pull this up. So according to this particular organization, they want to ident- want you to be aware of whiteness. What are the signs of whiteness, you may ask? Well, according to this graphic, it includes things like individualism, hard work, objectivity, the nuclear family, progress, respect for authority, delayed gratification, and so much more. Yeah, it, it doesn't really seem like that makes sense, does it? Well, according to the uh, to this museum here, what they said is that as white culture has normalized in the United States of America, all Americans have adapted various aspects of white culture, including people of color, the museum states. The museum warned that the dominance of white culture in America leads to an internalization, internalized racial superiority for those who adhere to it and said a key step to ending racism is for white people to acknowledge their white racial identity and its privileges. The National Museum of African American Heritage and, and, and Culture added that being white does not mean you haven't experienced hardships or oppression, but it does mean white people have not faced hardships or oppression based on their color of skin. I'm calling bullshit on that right away because I know several white folks have gotten their ass kicked just for being white. I've seen it happen firsthand. So, yeah, let's dispel that right now. They go on to say, we need to be honest about the ways white people have benefited from racism so we can work toward equitable fair and a just society what is equitable i know what equality is but equitable see all men are created equal we we we've we've established that but equitability means that well if you start out equal but what you put into something the outcomes vary based upon what you're putting into it like if you don't invest in yourself, you don't you shouldn't expect much from yourself. But if you're putting in all kinds of work, you're going to get something out of that because your expectations are higher. You're going to get a better result than the person who's not hustling and grinding like you are. Equitability denotes that all outcomes should be equal. Right off the top, this tells you this is a Marxist organization. But let's explore this chart here because it is such a fun interesting and delicious chart to want to break down because according to this here you know let's go there it's the wrong one let's get the graphic up we got so many graphics so white culture this is great white dominant culture or whiteness refers to the way white people and their traditions attitudes and way of life you ready for this have been normalized over time and are now considered standard practice. Here it goes. You ready? We're going to start with rugged individualism. That's right. Independence. The individual is the primary unit. Self-reliance, independent, autonomy, highly valued and rewarded. Individuals assume to be in control of their environment. You get what you deserve. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I'm brown. What is wrong with that? Here, 
is another good one. The nuclear family, the nuclear family being mom, dad, two or three children in the ideal social unit. And you got a husband that's a breadwinner and head of household. The mom is a homemaker and children have their own rooms and they're pretty much independent. See, here's the problem again. So, yes, is that white culture? Mm, no. That's actually been the family unit for a millennia plus. It wasn't until LBJ and his great society where he basically, you know, tried everything to destroy the family unit and get the single mom to essentially marry the state, make the state the baby daddy, because you know how that works, right? Well, you know what? We'll give you all this food. We'll give you all this money and we'll give you this housing and all this other good stuff. But you can't have the baby daddy living with you. Hmm. So disruption for the family. So we're supposed to normalize this type of thing. And, and these days we see it not just in black society. We see it in Hispanics. We see it in Asians. We see it in white, white folks all the time. As a matter of fact, if you take a look at any studies of any sort, what they'll tell you is these broken families like this, it's good for the kids. Especially when the parents don't communicate, when they're constantly arguing, when they're talking trash about the other one to the children. Or worse yet, when they weaponize the children. Those children end up having identity crisis. Those children end up having, you know, self-esteem issues. If the father is not in the children's lives, they end up having, you know, this crisis of trying to find a strong male role model. They don't know what male strength is, so they go out and they look for it elsewhere, usually in some negative form or fashion, i.e. gangs, criminal activity, over. Just that that hyper machismo attitude, just going above and beyond what any normal guy would be. The security of themselves is almost non-existent. Yeah, but it goes on here, an emphasis on the scientific method. Apparently, we're just supposed to guess that stuff and not be rational, not look at the causal and, you know, cause and effect, the causal relationship, a quantitative emphasis. That's white culture. Hmm, I did not know that. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Uh, let's see, what else do we got here? Oh, the work ethic. This one is even better. They call it the Protestant work ethic. And what they say is that hard work is key to success. Work before you play. If you didn't meet your goals, you didn't work hard enough. Hmm. Now, let me throw this out here to you guys. Is anything I said... A particularly a particular white trait is this white culture. Now, I'll give you my response when I see some answers up here in the chat room, but I'm going to go on here a little bit. Let's see. We got religion. You know, Christianity is the norm. Goes on a little bit. Status and power. Wealth equals uh, worth. Wow, I see that all over the place. I mean, hell, take a look at Cardi B. Take a look at Diddy. Take a look at, you know, Christy Teigen. All of them, they think they're worth more because they got all kinds of money. Your job is who you are. I think that's just an overall American culture thing. I've seen it with black folks, Hispanics, whites. I've seen it with everybody. Heavy value on ownership of goods, space, and property. I think we all have that. Uh, time. Follow rigid time schedules. Interesting about that. 
I do see time as a commodity, but in, in every aspect of my life, except for, I think, this one, <laughs> when I do the podcast, everything, I'm always on time. I'm early, actually, matter of fact. On time is late, or, or, or excuse me, early is on time, on time is late, and if you're late, don't bother showing up. Uh, except when I do the podcast. Apparently, I'm just CPT all the time. That's Carmel people time, so please, social justice warriors, don't get all upset. Uh, let's see here. What else do we got? Aesthetics. Based on European culture, steak and potatoes, bland is best. I don't know what steak or potato you guys are eating, but I don't eat bland. That's, that's not how I roll. Uh, let's see here. Holidays. Based on a Christian uh, religious values, we got justice. Based on English. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Common law. Competition to be number one. Win at all costs. Action-oriented. Winner-loser dichotomy. Uh, you know, here's the thing, though. What is second place? It's the first loser. I don't care what you're doing. What, just because you happen to put in subpar work, I should celebrate you? That's the reason why we got all them damn participation trophy children running around here. Oh, Let's see, what else here? Because I know that they got more. Communication, by the way. The King's English Rules, written traditionally, avoid conflict and intimacy. I don't know too many people who do that. Don't show emotion. That's called stoicism, genius. Don't discuss personal life. Yeah, keep your shit to yourself. And, of course, this one's a real fun one. Being polite. Apparently, that is part of white culture. Now, has anything I described here out of the basic social norms and mores that we have here in America. See, John Galt mentioned on here, if that's white culture, then I guess I'm white, even though I'm a brownie. <laughs> By the way, I figured out who John Galt is. <laughs> I, I, I will tell you that man is incredible. He's, he's, he's a hell of a person. You know, maybe we'll talk to him here a little later on here, hopefully. Uh, Gary mentioned, I like to be on the air uh, right on the hour, but if I'm late, it's G people time. That's right, GPT. That's how you got to do that. But isn't it interesting how they want to switch this up, that all of a sudden that the norms and everything that we have come to expect, you know, being on time, being polite, be courteous, um, you know, have an actual family Speak in proper English so that people will actually understand and respect you. Somehow this is whiteness. So 
are we supposed to negate all of that and well, we got to dumb it down for everybody else, for people of color? I, I'm a little confused by this here because I always thought that we were supposed to kind of become the best versions of ourselves, which is something I preach constantly. You know, I like to think that every day is an opportunity for me to level up. This That's why, for me, when I do, like I said, I created that holiday. It's International Ass-Kicking Day. International Ass-Kicking Day is, is a day that is to be sub- celebrated each and every day because it happens on all days ending in Y. And what do you do on International Ass-Kicking Day? Well, you get up, you thank God because you were able to actually open up your eyes. You didn't die overnight. That's a beautiful thing right there for kickers. You walk your happy little self over to the restroom, do your little routine, get your little bit of breakfast, go out there and try to do the best you can do. Level yourself up, just go out there, kick all kinds of ass. And you want to do it ethically too. Help those that need help, help those that can't be helped. But in the end, your job is always to try to become the best at it, whatever it is that you're doing. Whether you need to work harder, learn more, Grind it out. Do whatever it is that you got to do to level yourself up so that way you are a better person than you were the day before. That, to me, is International Ass-Kicking Day. And it is celebrated on all days ending in Y. Now, is this part of white culture? I mean, because to me, this is something that's a part of me. This is something that's been ingrained in me. This is something that was there from my father, in my military background, and just in understanding that if you really want something, you need to work your ass off for it because nobody's just giving you anything. And usually when somebody gives you something, there are strings attached, and you really don't want to be you know, beholding to anybody else. That's like one of the worst things you could possibly do. Gary mentioned here, I tell time in all three time zones, <laughs> there you go. I learned to be respectful. Uh, we talked, we back talked our parents and we were slapped. Oh, God, yeah, I remember that. Oh, I stepped out of line one time and, oh, my dad was like, yeah, wait till we get home. And, uh, yeah, so I, I here I am. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't realize there was hell to pay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 didn't, uh, I, I didn't talk like that in public ever again. No, sir, not to him. <laughs> but, see, that was one of the things, though. When you talk about discipline, when you talk about the family and everything else and having a strong male role model, male figure, it, it was this idea that you were going to act a particular way in a way that was respectful, courteous, polite. And if you stepped out of line, punishment was swift and sure. It's not like it was like it is today. Today, you get the little threat. Oh, Johnny, please be good. If you don't be good, I'm going to take away your phone. Let me tell you a good anecdotal story. So my youngest, he was probably about four years old. And it actually made more sense to buy him his own little $20 smartphone burner so he can get Google Play Store and he can play Minecraft all day long. And it was cheaper and more effective to do that than it was to go out and pay 200 300 bucks on some Nintendo Switch. I won't do that. So we got him his own little smartphone, disabled the phone feature, and boom, there he went here. He's just gaming away. Well, right around four or five, he decided he was going to not listen and just focus too much on that phone. And I told him, boy, if you don't pay attention to me, I will break that phone right in front of you. 
Well, an hour goes on. He's still not listening. Give him another warning. Well, about 30 minutes go on. He's still not listening. I take his phone from him. I smash it right on the counter. Why? Because I told him I was going to do that. If I tell you that something is going to happen, guess what? It's going to happen. If you fulfill those particular circumstances, if you make that situation possible, it is not so much me that broke the phone. It is you because you were warned that if you didn't do X, Y, Z, or if you did X, Y, and Z, depending on the situation, certain consequences were going to happen. And I made them happen. So that's the difference, I think, between good parents, parents that actually tell you what's going to happen and uh, you call them out. And guess what? It happens. First, the ones that just kind of, well, I'm going to bluff, and I don't want to, I don't want Johnny to be mad at me. No, I'll be mad at me all you want. I'm going to sleep perfectly fine tonight. Again, is that white culture? Is disciplining your child and then explaining to them the problems here, is that white culture? Because, again, that's part of the whole family union, right? Discipline. The father, head of household, mother, homemaker. You know, and granted, I've seen those roles flip-flap back and forth. I guess I'm just blown away by this because if we're to believe this, this idea that individualism, hard work, and objectivity, the nuclear family, progress, the scientific method, if all of this is considered white culture, then what does that say on the flip side of things? Are we saying that black culture, brown culture, minority culture, are we saying that is all about collectivism? Are we saying it is all about being lazy and apathetic? The broken family structure, not progress, but regression? Are we talking about just a total disregard for authority? Are we talking about instant gratification? without the lessons that are taught by working hard to get something that you want and then valuing what you have. Because I think that's part of the problem today is that so many people, they expect things just given to them and then they end up not taking very good care of them and they do a piss poor job of it, which once again illustrates the point that I keep bringing up time and time again. Something given has no value. If somebody gives you something, you're not going to value it as much. You may even disregard it, destroy it, whatever, Because in your head, you were already given it once. Why wouldn't you be given it twice? Or a third time for that matter. You know? So. Rather frustrating, but it is what it is. Again, I, I, it, it does blow my mind, though. It does blow my mind. I'm going to note up the phone lines here, 920-376-9400. I'm going to throw that out here, 920-376-940. If you got any comment on this, on what white culture is, all that other good stuff there. Interesting thing as far as this white culture thing. If you guys recall here, I don't know if I want to do that one. I was going to do something about Nick Cannon, but he is a rather frustrating young one there. Oh, goodness. California Governor Gavin Newsom, last week you ordered all closures of indoor activities, and apparently a few churches are saying, yeah, the hell with that, and they're taking them to court, which I am 
absolutely loving because uh, apparently you're banning even things like social gatherings or prayer at home. I've often wondered, when are Christians going to wake up? When are the Christians going to say, you know what, enough of this, just sitting around here, paying attention to what the dear leaders are saying, and let us actually exercise our First Amendment right to assemble and practice our faith. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But if you just... If you're just going to go ahead and let people just run you over, well, that's now the state telling you what you can and can't do. But we'll see about that. School year 2021. That's 2020, 2021. Let me go in the chat room here real quick. Uh, see, and then Gary mentioned, problem is no discipline today. See, yes. Okay. And oh, I, I'm so glad, John, you posted that. I'm going to get to that here in a second, but I got to get to the other ones here. Yeah, um, Gary mentioned the problem is uh, no discipline today, and our kids are getting spoiled. Today's kids get things handed to them, and, and that's really that's really quite true. They get a lot of stuff handed to them. Again, they, they don't put value into it unless you make them work. And trust me, I love So I tell people, I don't have kids. I got acolytes. I got disciples. Like these kids, they want something. You want something, you're earning it. <laughs> that's how it's going to get down. But uh, Hilario mentioned here, my mom had a wooden spoon uh, that had a sad face on it. And when I saw that, I knew not to step out of line. That sad face still haunts me, and I will never forget the way it looked. See, that's one of those things that's not just seared into your backside, but it's really seared into your psyche. Yeah, man. I bet you can hear that crack just as you're listening to we talk about that wooden spoon right now. Oh, man. So John mentioned here exactly, Ed, where are the Christian warriors? Screw Newsome. See, and that's my problem with a lot of Christians in general. Where the hell are you? Now, I'm not a biblical scholar by any stretch of the imagination. I will never claim that. There are many other people that do a better job of it than I do. But if in the past Christians decided they were going to stay in the little prayer circles and pray away the bad people and everything else like that, there'd be no crusades. We'd all be Muslims at this point. You know, at a particular point, you have to understand sitting here, praying, everything else ain't going to do a damn thing other than make you a victim. Why? Because there are going to be people that do not believe what you believe in, and they're just going to run you down, run you through. Mow you over. Doesn't matter. But when you fight for a righteous cause, and when I say fight, I mean that in the most literal sense. Well, now you have an equal and opportune chance of being victorious. Again, Crusaders, if they didn't pick up their swords, what do you think would have happened to Europe? You know? 
So that's going to be an interesting one. And I'm going to look forward to seeing the developments out there in California. As you guys know, I do have a special interest out there in California. So I'll be looking forward to seeing a little bit about that here. Um, again, we're going to talk about school year 2021 here. And what is interesting here, here in the state of Wisconsin, every county is opening things up differently. And I think it's happening around the nation as well. A lot of school districts are saying, you know what, we're going to have in-school sessions. And over the summer, we received emails and stuff, and I'm sure others have, where they were surveying parents. They were deciding whether, okay, do you, are you feel comfortable sending your kids back to school? And most school districts, a lot of people are like, yes, yes, we do, even amidst all this. Because, again, the science is telling us here that kids, you know, yes, you can contract COVID, but then again, anybody can. But kids have stronger immune systems, and they tend to recover if even show any type of symptoms at all. Other options that have been on the table were so-called rotating schedules. You might go to school two days in physical class, two days online with one day off. Other options included things like just strictly online schools. Other options would also include things like you go to school one week, you take off a week. One week, take off a week and kind of divvy up the whole school population as such. Well, in a lot of areas where they're already talking, Florida in particular, here in Wisconsin, in Milwaukee, in Madison area, we've got the teachers unions that are going out there. And they're actually suing these larger districts here from the teachers unions because they do not want schools open at all. They don't want these schools open. And all, now all of a sudden they're citing, you know, health issues and the potential for COVID and everything else like that. But let's dig into this a little deeper here because who are the teachers unions? Let's think about that for a second. See, these teachers unions, they are some of the biggest donators to the Democrat Party, to the DNC. They donate a ton of money. One of the reasons why here in Wisconsin, Scott Walker uh, was such a hard advocate for the Act, Act, what was it, Act 19, Act 16? I can't remember what it was. Act 10, Act 10, that's what it was. See, now I said, if I ran through enough numbers, I was going to hit it. But it was the idea that you didn't have to be forced into a union, especially if you didn't believe what the union was doing when it represented you, especially for their special interest donations. And what did these folks do? You know, they, they donated to every Democrat in the world, but no, they weren't donating to any Republicans for the most part. Yeah, occasionally here and there they might, you know, just for optics, but that's about it. And it was always this idea that they were advocating for more money. We need more money for our schools. We need more money for our students. We need more money for that. But yet the places that were pushing for more and more money were the most underperforming places, despite all the money thrown at them. And what happened to all that money? I can tell you this much. It sure as hell didn't go to the schools or to the students. It didn't go to educating these people. It went to the overinflated always expanding administrators and administrative costs that go along with having top-heavy organizations. When you got school administrators that are making, you know, six-figure incomes, and I'm not talking just 100 grand, I'm talking 125, 150 plus, 200,000, you're not doing this for the children. You're not doing this because it's a calling. You're doing this so you can be a baller. And we also have to keep this in mind, too. See, here where I live and a lot of the other towns here, if you're going to go vote, you're going to go vote at your, you know, your town hall. 
That's where I go vote. But in a lot of your major metropolitan areas, Milwaukee in particular, I've done a number of voting out there. But a lot of those folks, they go to schools. So if schools are closed down, if there are folks that want to go vote, but they can't vote, and they do like they did during the 2018 election. No, it was yeah, the 2018. And during a special election where they took an area where you needed where you normally would have like what was it, Hilario? Something like 60 polling places, and they reduced it to five. Well, now all of a sudden you're going to get folks out there that are like, you know what? I don't feel like waiting in line, so I'm not going to go vote. That's what they're pushing for. And you're going to see that in all these states that are so pushing so hard not to do that. And I want to go back to this real quick here. You keep people want to keep talking about, you know, when, when it comes to the teachers, that it's such a noble profession. And I'm going to call BS on that because a lot of these teachers, if it really was that noble of a profession, if you as an educator and teacher were really that damn noble, then why aren't you advocating for getting these these kids back in school so that way we can actually get them socializing with their peers once again? Because you mean to tell me that these kids are just adjusting so well? I'm very fortunate. My young one, he's pretty damn good, but he misses his friends. They all miss each other. They need that social interaction with people around their own age. But hey, no never mind to the truth of that, right? Interesting if you even manage to keep the schools closed down. And most of the schools have been closed down since, I want to say, mid-March. I know ours has. I wonder if I'm going to get a tax break. I wonder if these teachers are still continuing to draw a salary. I mean, let's face it. The folks over at Kohl's, when the money ran out, that was it for them. Why isn't it the same way for these teachers? I bet you if that was part of the plan, if I, I bet you if that was part of the mix right there, well, you know what? We're not going to be opening school here for the fall of 2020. So, uh, yeah, because of that, you're not working, uh, no paychecks. I'll bet a lot of these teachers would be just having a ruckus. I bet they would be worked up. They'd be just itching to get back into school. Well, that's not the case, huh? Interestingly enough, too, uh, it was a, a couple different news places that uh, they <laughs> they were talking about. Hey, uh, we're going to talk to our doctors here, and what do you? How do you feel about sending your kids back to school? And the doctors were like, "Nope, I'm 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 totally okay with that. I would totally send my kid to school." And it was funny because the news anchor was just like all befuddled, like, really? And one guy in particular, he had talked to five people, five people, five doctors. And all of them uniformly, emphatically, without thinking, they said, yeah, that they would send their kids to school without question. These are doctors. These are doctors. Amazing. Real quick here into the chat room. Public schools are brainwashing the kids, pounding that alphabet people crap. Yes, and they are doing that too. And I see the pedophiles are trying to jump onto that, or as they like to call themselves, the minor attracted people. Um, but there'll be a backlash on that too here. John Galt mentioned on here, 
you know, they need to get back to school. $1,800 a month in child care really sucks. And yes, there it is. There it is. See, and especially when you get into larger cities and stuff like that, the, the cost of, health, uh, of child care is through the roof. Absolutely ridiculous. And I understand that part of it is an economy of scale. But when you're in a situation where you have to have the two-parent income, which I think the average American has that, you don't have a choice in the matter. And because of your combined incomes, chances are you don't qualify for state assistance and everything else like that. So somehow you got to make that money, which means more time away from home, which requires a larger period of time of child care. So, no, you are absolutely correct. And it's in, I, I saw a liberal say, well, you know, you don't want your kids getting indoctrinated in schools. That's what you keep saying. Why are you pushing so hard to make them babysitters? There is some truth in that. There is some truth. Because in a lot of ways, we do look at schools as being babysitters. And I'm very critical of the, the public education system as a whole. Um, and we do have these teachers... And these school districts, you know, they are the quote unquote, you know, they act on behalf of the parent. Uh, what was the actual phrase there? Oh, my God, it's on the tip of my tongue. I'll have to go back to it. But in local parentis, in lieu of the parent. And unfortunately, we don't want our kids being indoctrinated and stuff. But at the same time, we want our kids actually learning things, too. Like, oh, I don't know, science that maybe I don't not too well versed in. Uh, history, well, I got that one down. I'll, I'll, I'll put my hat against any teacher out there any day. But don't ask me to write a term paper because I don't do that anymore. Haven't done that for quite some time. But at the same time, we do use them as daycare things and, and socialization and other things that just basic process of growing up. So it is a bit of a double-edged sword. I can certainly understand that. But I think to that degree, we have to keep that normalization of kids going to school. And you are absolutely right there. Absolutely right. Socialization can be a better teacher than school itself. That is exactly on point. And it's interesting during this whole lockdown and stuff, I, they tried everything to prevent socialization. They wanted to prevent you from going to parks, to going to playgrounds. I saw playgrounds where swings were literally taped off with warning tape, and the swings themselves were removed. We've, we've talked about stories where there were skate parks where they dumped sand in them so you couldn't do anything. I'm just ridiculous. Well, I mentioned here he's got to go. I got a campaign issue I have to work on before the night is over. Thank you, Ed, for having me on. Thank you for being on here, Hilario. Keep fighting the good fight. Good to see everyone. All right, Brother Hilario, thank you very much for being on here tonight there. Gary also mentioned here, he goes, I have to imagine college professors are still getting paid too. Oh, and I'm sure they are. I am sure they are. And it's interesting. Um, you got places like Harvard and a couple other places that they are, I mean, we're talking these high-end Ivy League schools. They're charging the same amount that they normally would for teachers or for people to go do online education, online college. Never mind the Harvard experience, 
Never mind the ID League experience. No, no, no. We're going to keep charging you what we charge you. But, uh, yeah. You're going to do it all online. How does that make any damn sense? I think, to me, one of the benefits of what's going on here is we will. And and I'm kind of going on a limb on this. I'm hoping to see the implosion of not just the public school system, although I would love to see that. But I'm thinking when it comes to higher education, the collegiate system here in America, we are going to see the implosion of that happen very, very soon, Uh, especially when it comes to this uh, student loan bubble. I think we're going to see that. Uh, You take a look, and I was just kind of looking at this briefly tonight here, and I want to cover this in more detail uh, probably within the next week or so. But when it comes to the cost of college education, and again, we're talking overinflated salaries. We're talking about teachers that might pre- probably teach two or three classes a week, and they're making you know hundred thousand plus dollars a year. They live in their little ivory ivory towers and their little academic bubbles. And they keep saying, you know, we need to increase the cost. We need to increase the cost, and for what? You're graduating people that shouldn't be there to begin with. You've made it to the point where the college education, the so-called degree, is about as worthless as that eighth-grade diploma uh, little piece of paper they gave you when you graduated from eighth grade. And nobody really takes college grads serious anymore as it is. I mean, unless you happen to be an engineer or a doctor or anything else like that. And I don't know about you guys, but as far as I'm concerned, when it comes, unless you happen to be one of those, those high performers like that, most of the time, when I find out that people are, are college grads, I can't take them seriously. Mechanic, I'll take you seriously. A carpenter, take you seriously. Plumber, seriously. You got a degree in you know in, uh, underwater Indonesian basket weaving? I can't take you serious. Sorry. You know, you spent six years in college. Yes, six years. Because you like to party a lot. Mm-hmm. And what'd you get your degree in? Philosophy. Oh, okay. So, so you can sit here and 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 quote me Sololinsky and everything else like that, you know. But uh, you don't know anything about Plato, the Republic, Sun Tzu, the Art of War, nothing like. No, you don't. Oh, oh. Go back to school and ask for your money back because clearly they failed you on that on that front. Absolutely amazing, but obviously we're going to be watching this here. School year 2021 is going to be kicking into gear here soon. I think the situation is going to be very fluid because, like I said, here in my area, we're going back to school. No masks are required. If you want to wear them, knock yourself out. Uh, They're going to want to encourage social distancing, all that other bull bull poopy there. But I would not be surprised to see changes in the next couple weeks, so... We will, of course, cover that story as always. All right, let's take our next break here. When we come back, in my wonderful, wonderful bits of notes and everything, I want to talk about the backlash that's going on here. Backlash. And there is a lot of backlash happening right about now. What kind of backlash and for what, you may ask? Well, for months, we've been dealing with rioters, protesters, uh, looters, People destroying, killing, maiming, hurting people, assaults on the police departments, destruction of monuments, buildings. I told you guys it'd be a backlash. I told you this was coming down the pipe. Well, 
This is going to be a fun one to cover. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Caramel Conservative Podcast here. We're coming at you live once again, July 21, 2020. And as always, I want to remind you guys, there's a ton of different shows out there as we do each and every week. I want to give a hat tip to all these guys and gals. Am I giving any hat tips to the gals? Uh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know, but I know there's some folks out there, a lot of great content creators. Um, I love doing podcasts, obviously, you guys listening to me here right now. And there's a lot of folks that are out there and they're putting on phenomenal products, phenomenal content, a lot of great stuff here. And these are shows that I recommend because I listen to them and I suggest you guys want to check them out too. So first up on deck, I want you to check this man out. He had another powerful show here this afternoon. Absolutely incredible. And I love how he broke down President Trump's immigration policy and compared it to Ilhan Omar. You got to check this man out. He is the phalanx of the political podcasting world. You want to check him out. That's our brother John there from OBFSU. That's our big, fast, soft underbelly. And when you listen to that show, you want to listen to Light Will Shine, The Belly's Blast. This is an absolutely phenomenal show. He's hard hitting to the point. And let's face it, like I said earlier, he's got a damn cool accent. I can't even try to pretend to have, but you know what? Check him out. Good stuff there. You got Mike Myers on the Radio Hope Show there. You can listen to him every morning, 8 a.m. Central Standard Time. Mike does a phenomenal show. They're very interactive chat room there. And what he does, he talks about faith, family, hope, humility, humanity, personal relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's a great show to listen to. When I get the opportunity, I make sure to listen to it. Check him out as well. Black Dragons Radio is on here here tonight. He does a lot of great uh, shows there. Uh, One of the things that he does big on, he has music that plays from royalty-free music. A lot of great selections. You want to make sure you check him out. You're going to find a lot of stuff that you may not have found other other places. A lot of up-and-coming, emerging artists. Make sure you check them out. Then you got Gary Russin on here from the GJRB Online Network. You want to make sure you check him out. He's got a number of shows, everything from the Golden Oldies, Crooners. Um, I know he's still going to scale back and reformat different things, but the one show I really enjoy the most that he puts out there, he does this one called the Saturday Extra. He usually puts it on about 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. He breaks down everything from the news of the day, gives you his take. He's got live call-in, just a lot of really great stuff there and of course you know what he yeah he does a breakdown too of a new and emerging artist too make sure you check him out that's the gary russell show that's gjrb online you want to make sure you check him out and there's a lot of other great folks out there you got bob huber in the huber experience you got the wicked pista show um you've got alex garrett alex garrett i can't forget alex alex is an incredible guy during the daytime he is a mild timid radio producer out there in the in the big city the big apple itself in new york city but i tell you what when he goes home and he puts some headphones on and gets that mic out to him he becomes like the super podcaster i tell you man alex garrett his show is off the hook a lot of really good interviews a lot of really good conversation you want to make sure you check him out not to alex garrett programming there so make sure you check that out i know i missed a lot of other content creators here I'll work on that in the future. But, guys, make sure you check them out. And if you guys are looking to find out where you can find these folks here, you can always check them out on you know social media. You can find them through looking for them on Google. You can do all that good stuff there. Or what you want to do, come on over to our website. Check us out. That's right. You can find us at plusultramedia.com. That's plusultramedia.com. What you want to do there, from there, right at the homepage, you can check out all our past shows, the blogs, the information that's on there every episode we've done up to this point 
And if you can't find them there, what you want to do is you want to go over to the little section that says Friends of the Show. Click that link. You're going to find their social media links, their, where they broadcast, their past episodes, all that other good stuff. And whatever you guys do, I don't care if you smash it, gently tap it, or somewhere in between. But make sure you hit that like button, share, subscribe, all that other good stuff. Get their notifications because one of the things that helps us do is to get that content out there to brand new ears that might not otherwise be exposed to it. So make sure you check that out. So you can find that all on plusultramedia.com. I got to make sure to get the shout outs, man. It's, 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 it, to me, it's kind of important. Uh, Gary, you trying to get a hold of Alex? If you are, let me know. DM me. And I will get you connected with him. Every time he's on, I miss him. Yeah, let me let me see if I can get you connected with him. Because if I can get you connected, you guys can work something out. Because I tell you, Alex, I've had Alex on the show here today, uh, before. And that was probably one of my best episodes, having him on here. And one of the things I want to do here, there's... Uh, him and Mike and him and a number, Alex and a number of other people, they have done this uh, Zoom where they basically, you know, they're chatting through video chat, but the audio is so clear and so crisp. It's absolutely incredible. And I can only imagine what that would be like if I got that hooked up here along with my mixers and everything else. That would just, I think that would be off the hook. We actually just, and I don't know, guys, am I sounding any different here tonight? We got a new ISP here. And um, I'm no longer working with the old one. I'm so happy that I'm not because that thing just, that pissed me off. <laughs> it just kind of like every time I broadcast, everything's choppy. And it's like, oh, God, this just sucks. Now, all of a sudden, I got this new ISP. And I guess I didn't realize this, but the old ISP had a maximum of four gigabytes per second. My current ISP is is projecting at 200. If I had known that sooner, if I had researched it a little more, I probably would have dumped the old one long ago. Because this is, I mean, even my gaming. And you guys know I like to do some gaming and stuff, especially at the end of the day. What I do here is like, you know, to me, it's a little cathartic, you know, I can't go out there and act like Antifa because I'm actually a responsible adult. I have to go online and, you know, just kind of blast some folks, you know, play a little Apex Legends, a little Fortnite action. So I end up doing that. And like last week, for example, when I'm working off the old ISP, I'm choppy, I'm lagging. I'm like, you know, we end up landing. I'm like the first person to get killed. Now, all of a sudden, I'm playing this morning, 6.30 in the morning, barely awake, and uh, I'm playing, and I'm, like, just running all over the place. I'm still getting shot up, but, you know, some of these guys are, like, pro gamers, and I just, I'm recreational, so, but it was not choppy, it was not lagging, and I was really, really excited to see what tonight was going to offer as far as that was concerned, so I'm glad to see folks are actually seeing that. Beautiful, beautiful. Alex is going to get a hold. That's going to be wonderful. All right. Gary, I, I, I noticed that when you and your wife were on the other day and you did the shared mic. Um, and it's supposed I need to get an either an omnidirectional or I can connect another mic to an external board. The 
Yeah, if you have an external board, a second mic would work better that way. The omnidirectional, depending, I mean, definitely check the reviews. But I know she sounded crystal clear. You, on the other hand, were kind of like in the background. So it didn't, what you were saying wasn't, you had to like really, really focus in on what you were doing just to be able to hear you. So your sound was 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 definitely off from your end, but she was coming out crystal clear. Okay, so you were in the background. Okay. <laughs> you can lease my $19 headset, Mike. <laughs> uh, John, you don't want to know what I paid for my mixer. <laughs> All I'm going to tell you is that, um, and, and I got my, okay, so I got the mixer that I got, and it was a bit pricey. Uh, I caught hell for it too. Young Jen was gonna; she was ready to crucify me. But um, it was kind of my dream mixer, so I wanted to get it. But the mic that I'm working on is the road, uh, road, road. Uh, what is this here? Oh, it's a pod, road pod mic. <laughs> so normally it's about a hundred, hundred fifty dollar value mic. I actually got it, you know, comped as a result of getting the mixer. So I was like, oh, man, this is such a good value. Of course, young Jen's looking at me like, I'm going to slap the hell out of you. But, um, you know, I, I, I don't have too many hobbies. So, And it's funny because you listen to my quality versus, say, John's quality. John's quality is off the hook. So I don't know if it's just... Uh, it just goes to show you, you guys don't need to spend a ton of money. If you guys, are, if anyone's out there thinking about podcasting or kind of starting up their own show, even just once in a while, get to, you really don't have to spend a lot of money. Seriously, something like a $20, $25 headset with a mic could, you know, USB, plug it into your computer. Uh, see, there you, oh, yep, plug the headset right into the Chromebook and let loose. You can get the same kind of sound, everything else. I mean, unless you're a big audiophile and you notice little every little nuance, you really don't need much more than that. Um, I mean, unless you have in-studio guests or anything else like that. I know some folks do something like that, but it's, you know, really depends on what your, your needs are. But seriously, if you're a one-person show, you can really pull it off with a $20 mic. It really does. A headset and a mic can do the job just as good, if not better, than what I'm doing. But I, um, like I said, I, my little guilty pleasure it is. <laughs> oh, goodness. That stuff is expensive. My goodness. It, it stuff is just pricey overall. But... All right, uh, speaking about things that are pricey, what would you do if you were a celebrity and you know, all of a sudden in 2016, you said, hey, I am supporting president. I am supporting candidate Donald Trump. Well, you did up getting blacklisted. Oh, by the way, can I say blacklisted? I- I'm just curious. Or is that somehow white supremacy? I-, I, don't- I don't know what the rules are anymore. I am completely confused. I mean... Can we say blacklisted? Can can I say blacklisted as a brown guy? Can I say blacklisted as somebody who just doesn't give a damn anymore? You, you know, I heard that too. Somebody's saying that, you know, you can't say Black Friday anymore. Even though that had nothing to do with the color of anyone's skin, but only, you know, red ink versus black ink. 
you know, but, you know, let's not bring facts into the equation. Well, apparently, you guys might know the name. He's an actor. You've seen him over the years. Antonio Sabato Jr. Uh, he also was running for Congress at one point. I think he uh, he bowed out of the race there out in California. Um, but he and a couple of other folks, they are actually looking to start what's called a conservative movie studio. Basically, he's saying no more blacklisting. According to Mr. Sabato, uh, what he's saying is that they're putting together a plan to create a conservative movie studio for all patriots to do projects that Hollywood would never do. No more blacklisting. No more injustice for the so, uh, injustice from the socialist elites. I think it's fascinating when it comes to the socialist elites, when it comes to the Hollywood elites. These are the folks here, and Larry kind of alluded to this earlier here, when he talked about, you know, the deep state runs really deep, and it doesn't just, and I mentioned this before in the past here, the deep state, we're not talking just in D.C., we're talking about in, in Hollywood, we're talking about in entertainment overall, we're talking about sports. If you think this is not permeating all aspects of the so-called elite life, you're fooling yourself. But, you will see it here in the next few months, but uh, Mr. Sabato continues here. He said that, you know, they, they, they want to get this out here so they're not judged by the Hollywood elites. They don't have to deal with the blacklistings or anything else like that. Uh, he said, you know, I was one of the first celebrities to come out and talk about the president, and he had my vote from day one. He was explaining this to Variety in March. I was one of the first to say that he was going to win. My integrity is intact. What I believe is still intact. What doesn't break break you makes you stronger and that's what they say so i'm stronger than ever and i don't have to lie about who i am what i actually what's interesting about antonio sabato jr is he actually had if i recall his story correctly he was actually working construction for a period of time because he couldn't get any acting gigs or anything else like that they had literally blocked him out they had taken him out of the equation because of his political beliefs Interestingly enough, when it comes to the Hollywood elite, you ever notice how nobody that's rioting, protesting, or anything else like that never go up to the Hollywood mansions or anything else like that? Did you guys notice over the past few weeks, they had, like, especially like Beverly Hills and other places like that, they had enacted ordinances that said, you know what, hey, no more gathering of more than 10 people, no protesting, no rioting, no looting over here. Keep that over there with the, with the common folk. We don't want anybody, you know, looting our homes. Uh, I almost want to, I almost feel like a need to like infiltrate and try to get them riled up and have them go and try to loot and everything in, in actor communities. But no, that would be criminal. Don't do that, guys. I won't. You guys don't do it either. I'm not, I'm not advocating that. Mr. Sabato continues, he said that I was blacklisted. All of my representatives left me from agents to managers to commercial agents. I literally had to move, find a new job to survive, and take care of my kids. The General Hospital star added, it's been terrible. It's mind-blowing. It's a disgrace. It's tough because if you're in that environment in Hollywood and you have to say, uh, you have something to say that they don't like, they're going to let you know. Oh, that is, mm. I know, and it's interesting because you take a look at certain stars over the years, you know, Antonio Sabato Jr., for example, Dean Kane, Kevin Sorbo, um, Stephen Baldwin. These guys are all essentially blacklisted from any big movies or anything else like that. 
I'm sure they can run the gamut of a number of different things. They all seem like happily decent actors. But you're not going to see them out there in no multi-million dollar blockbuster. And why? Because of their beliefs. Conservatives generally are not going to be getting those type of movies, those type of roles. So it's going to be interesting to see that. Obviously, we will keep our finger on the pulse there. Check things out as they come. And why am I getting ads for Dragon Ball Z? This is ridiculous. Anyway. So, let me throw this out there to you guys. Because I, I, this is, to me, this is so, this is delicious. I, I'm, I'm amazed. I'm surprised. I'm happy. So over the past couple of days, you guys might have seen some stories popping out of Portland where a bunch of minivans would pop out out of the dead of night and they would converge on a, on a group of people. Not a big group, just, you know, small group. And out of that van would come out these guys dressed in black or in camo and they're decked out from head to toe, masks all over the place. They've got, you know, insignias on their arm and they've got, you know, little things that say police on their bulletproof vest and they go up and snatch somebody up and throw them in the van it looks like something out of a of a of a, of a high dramatic you know espionage thriller and these folks they would take them in and well what were they doing what was going on well apparently what's going on here in portland Obviously, Portland is the home of Antifa. Portland is the town that has tolerated Antifa for the past three plus years. And like I said last week, I have warned everybody about Antifa. I was ridiculed. I was laughed at. I was mocked. I was told, why are you still harping on that? These are a bunch of soy boy cucks. And I told you guys, I told you, keep an eye on these little bastards because they're going to be a problem. They were radical back three plus years ago because what were they doing? They're going around there hurting innocent people, rioting, destroying Starbucks all over the place. And that was the fun part about that because it was like, wait a minute, Starbucks, they're on your side. Why exactly are you going around destroying the Starbucks? But I warned you guys. And lo and behold, here we enter 2020 as if, you know, things couldn't get any more strange. But these folks, they, they, over the last three years, boy, they have practiced their, 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 their way of violence. They have gotten used to the ways of violence. And they're not afraid to enact their violence on folks. And they have demonstrated that in inciting riots. They have taken the whole Solonensky's rules for radicals. They have taken the Antifa handbook, all of which is available on Audible and pretty much any uh, paperback that you want to find if you can still find a bookstore these days. But they're out there wrecking all kinds of havoc. And I said at some point what's going to happen is there will be a backlash. There will be retaliation. There will be a counter-strike. And one of the things that the left want to try to do is they want President Trump into basically enacting martial law. They want to get him, and they've done this throughout the cold COVID thing. They wanted him to say, you know what, we're mocking down the nation. Well, he's like, no, I'm going to leave that to the governors. And what happened during that? He let the governors expose themselves for who they are. He let the governors, the mayors. Uh, none of us here in Wisconsin would know who Andrea Palm was 
were it not for the president saying, you know what, governors, you take care of it. And who's Andrea Palm? She's the director of uh, Health and Human Services here in the state of Wisconsin. She's a Hillary Clinton uh, holdover who was part of the Clinton administration or the, yeah, the Clinton administration with, when it comes to the, uh, at her as a secretary of state. This particular woman isn't even qualified to be in that position. She has no medical experience or, or anything like that. Yet she is in charge of that here in the state of Wisconsin. And I'm sure there's many people like that across the nation because, well, they make sure to litter themselves all over the nation. And they're doing everything they can to shut down this nation. They're trying to do everything to shut down the economy. And at the same time, they're allowing protests. Like, you know, uh, you had, uh, what's his name, de Blasio, Bill de Blasio out there in New York saying, you know what, we don't want any gatherings, no protests, no nothing, except Black Lives Matter. You can protest. That's essential. But, yeah, don't do anything else. Just just BLM. Just BLM. They're not even really hiding things anymore. But all these protesters, these rioters, these looters, it starts with the protest. And then it's agitated by the agitators, by the Antifas. And I'll tell you straight out, George Soros, he uh, donated $220 million to Black Lives Matter. And what does uh, $220 million buy? A lot of bats, a lot of bricks, and a lot of chaos. Case in point, New York, the same police chief that kneeled before BLM got his ass whooped last week by BLM protesters with bats. Well, I'll be damned, huh? So all these people that are protesting, and I, like I said, in general, I don't have a problem with the protesters. It's the rioters and the looters. It's the people that are assaulting law enforcement. It's the people that are assaulting vehicles. By the way, if you get run over because you're blocking the road, that's funny. And if you think, well, how, how can you say that's funny? I, it is funny. And I'm tired of pretending that it's not. I'm tired of pretending that, you know, when bad things happen to Antifa members, that it's not freaking hilarious. That when somebody who's got, got the gall to go ahead and run their mouth and think they're Billy Badass and they've never been in a fight in their life and they get run down by the cops... And they're swarmed on. That's funny. I'm tired of pretending that it's not. I'm tired of saying, you know what? Well, they're just trying to do their trying to do their own thing. They're not. There's doing your own thing to to bring about a a point to the extent where you're not causing the this level of violence and and harm to people, property businesses and monuments and then there's you going off the rail john got mentioned here states have rights and responsibilities to their people the federal government shouldn't have to do anything it's not their problem to a point and i'm so glad that you brought that up because i am going to address that that is actually you're on point mr gout by the way Live call in number if you want to give a call and break this down with me. You can always give us a call here at 920-376-9400. That's 920-376-9400. Let's take a look at 
this here. I gotta clear this Twitter screen here. I have so many screens going up here. The one video that I saw, and this is the one that kind of kicked it off that went viral. These folks, they drove up on this one, dude. And they, they took him in like I described earlier. And these people were yelling. There was this one like, beastie woman, just big woman. Made me look like I walked out of a concentration camp. Made me look slim. And this woman was like, where are you taking her? Where are you taking her? You can't do this. And the cops said, <laughs> this was great. He goes, if you cut, if you follow us, we will shoot you. Like there was no ambiguity in this. We will shoot you. I'm not going to arrest you. I'm just going to shoot you. To me, <laughs> kudos, big PP right there. And that's that's big PP energy right there. So, what's interesting, and I want to pull my notes over here. Got the notes. So here's the thing. So the Antifa folks are going out here. You're rioting. You're looting. You're destroying monuments. You're assaulting people. And these monuments here, we're talking federal monuments, federal buildings, all that other good stuff here. The president, President Trump, warned you, if you cannot control your cities, we will come over there and restore law and order. And there's a number of ways they can do that. I need you guys to remember something. There's a lot of things that are at play here. There's a lot of things that tie in together here. First and foremost, we are under a national emergency. Thank you to COVID-19. We still have that going on. Because of the National Emergency Powers Act, the president has certain abilities to do things that he would not otherwise have the ability to do. And one of the things is to use federal law enforcement officers to restore order to particular areas and that we can thank to the patriot act keep in mind i am not a fan of the patriot act as a matter of fact i recall back in 2002 um, when they were going on about the patriot act i was vehemently against the patriot act but it is law and until the patriot act is rescinded DHS can take border uh, border uh, uh, officers. It can take you know any number of officers that it has under its preview and use it as it needs to within the homeland. A lot of people don't want to understand that. A lot of people don't want to to think that that's possible. And it's interesting because a lot of conservatives have kind of gone back and forth here, and I've seen conservatives that are usually on the same side, you know, saying, "Hey, this is tyranny." They're going out there in the darkness of night, and they're swooping people up. But we have to put this in context, though. They're not going into people's homes. They're not just snatching you up while you're sleeping. They're finding you exactly where you're at in public, and they're snatching you up at that point. So we have to look at it in context that way. They're not sweeping you up in the middle of the night in your own home, and then all of a sudden you just disappear. A lot of these folks are being questioned, they're being interrogated, and then they're being released. Oh, and I'm sure there's still going to be consequences for these folks. Because you got to think, a lot of these Antifa folks that have been going around from place to place to place to place to place, and they have been crossing interstate lines. Make no mistake about it. The moment that you cross a state line to commit an act of violence, a criminal act, that is now federal purview. 
if I went out today and I went to the next town over and I decided I was going to kill somebody, that would be taken care of within the jurisdiction of the town that that, that murder happened. However, if I crossed state lines, I went down to Illinois, I decided to go crazy down there and I happened to take several lives, guess what? Not only do I have to deal with the jurisdiction down there, but I also have to deal with interstate, which is federal purview. So at that particular point, we now have grounds to actually have federal interaction. Another argument that I hear people talking about is that, you know what, Trump can't use federal troops. And that was one of the things that the left really wanted. That's one of the things that the deep state wanted. They wanted to have troops marching down the street. They wanted tanks, everything else, make it look like some crazy dystopia. But Trump wasn't going to do that. What did the president do? He allowed these anarchists to go out there and basically gave them enough rope to hang themselves. Because what ends up happening here is that if you allow somebody to continue to act a damn fool, you now expose them to the public. You allow them to say, you know what, we're going to go ahead and do this. We're going to make all these ridiculous demands. We're going to hurt people. We're going to do all this. They could have crushed this all day one. They really could have. But people have to see things. You can't be necessarily told the truth. You have to see the truth for yourself. John Gall mentions here, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, the 10th Amendment separates states' rights and federal rights, uh, federal responsibilities. Bas yes, uh, to a certain extent, that is correct. Um, 10th Amendment essentially says that, you know, whatever, whatever ability, whatever authority is not given to the federal government is the purview of the states. And I know I'm not quoting it directly, but here's the thing, though. You also have interstate commerce. Interstate commerce is one of the uh, the interstate commerce clause is one of the reasons why federal agents can if a certain act or anything else happens and it crosses state lines, why federal agents can intercede. And of course, if a local jurisdiction requests for help or anything else like that, they can still act within that. Moreover, a lot of people have made the argument that, well, under Posse Comitatus, the federal government can't use, you know, troops or anything else like that on American soil. That is not 100% true. All you need to do is look at the Insurrection Act and a number of other actions that have, and precedents that have been set forth. I think one of the earliest ones was in the mid-90s, where American troops have been used to put down certain situations. I think Waco may have been one of them, and I can be wrong on that particular one. But um, they have the ability to use troops should they need to, especially in the cases of insurrection. And as a matter of fact, within the Posse Comitatus Act, there are instances that allow for this. One of the things that we got to keep in mind is that Antifa itself, and I don't think it has been completely designated, uh, hasn't been designated as a terrorist organization yet, but you got to keep in mind too that Antifa has spread its wings. It has flown. It has flown over the Atlantic and it has moved into Europe. Therefore, if and when, if it hasn't already been done, is designated as a terrorist organization and it should be it's not a domestic terrorist organization. It would be an international terrorist organization. And, of course, under the Patriot Act, if you're an international terrorist, guess what? 
you've got nowhere to go on this planet where we can't get you. So it'll be, I, I, I really want to see this here because the left do something I think that's, in a way, is very juvenile, but it's very effective. They are, once again, projecting. They're trying to seem like they're the victim, like they're the, the, the innocent one. Why are you coming after us? We didn't do anything. You're not doing anything now. But when you milkshake somebody here last week, you did something then. By the way, milkshaking somebody is when basically you take some cement and you put it in a water bottle and you let that wet cement dry and then you throw that water bottle at somebody and you try to hit them in the head. That's a milkshake. Really civilized, right? So let me take a look here. And it was funny, too, because apparently the mayor of Portland, he's like, you know, keep your keep your people in your federal buildings. We don't want you here. But the mayor of Portland was the one that said police to, 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 to draw back, to draw down. They're the ones calling for the defunding of the police. If you cannot maintain your city, then somebody needs to maintain law and order. That's the thing. President Obama. He essentially took over a number of police departments, if you recall, during the Obama years. And he did it with full authority. So it's always interesting when you see the left go ahead and do the very same things that the president, President Trump, is doing. But it was okay when they did it. Nancy Pelosi went out there, was decrying, you know, the president needs to keep his stormtroopers, you know, whatever. And it was like stormtroopers. All real creative. You know, but again. This is liberal projection. That's all it really is. And I can certainly see where some people might might have an issue with this because if we're doing this once, we could do it over and over and over again. But I think the problem here is that a lot of people don't realize that we are at war. Antifa understands this very well. The left understand this very well. They know that we need to win through any means necessary. That's, that's how they're looking at this whole thing. That's how they're approaching this. If we don't take that same approach, and I understand we don't have to necessarily go as low, but we can't be afraid to get dirty. And if that means scooping up these Antifa members when they are least suspecting it and they're out in public, by all means, scoop away. Scoop these folks away Push on them, and you know what? Let's cut the head off the snake. Because once you cut the head off the snake, the rest are going to fall. Most of these folks, they're redeemable. They can become productive members of society once again. They can become part of the American fabric. There is a, a segment of people, anywhere between 5 and 10% of them, they're irredeemable. These are the believers. These are the ones that you ain't going to change no matter what. These are the ones that are stoking the fire, getting people riled up. They're the ones that are appealing to the lost and disaffected people. These are the ones that want to see nothing more than the takedown of America. And we have to understand that if we are not willing to fight for this nation, if we are not willing to do what is necessary, then you know what? All hope is indeed lost. Because if they're willing to fight harder than we are, what hope do we have to actually win? 
What makes this even more interesting for me is the very fact that, you know, I said this was going to happen. We weren't going to see troops down the street. We were going to see what was essentially a strike force come in. And that's what we have seen. We have seen people come in here and they hit you hard. They don't just hit you with two or three cops. No, they come in with a team of like 10 people. They overwhelm you. They're fast. They snatch you up and they arrest you. As it should be. There was one guy I was communicating on Facebook with earlier today. He's like, well, you know, they could have just bought a police patch and put it on their body armor. I'm like, oh, I'm sure they could have. And there is some truth to that. They certainly could have. But at the same point, if you looked at the arms, they got patches on. They clearly identify who they are with. Again, if we don't want this happening, then we need to repeal the Patriot Act. And we need to, you know, somehow repeal and actually get President Trump to rescind the National Emergency Act. But as it stands right now, the president has more powers of doing things than he ever has had in the past. Gary mentioned on here, if they, do, if they defend the police, it's time for our own law enforcement. Time for citizens to step up in and have guns and leave us alone to take law into our own hands. That couple who got arrested for pointing their guns at protesters should be let go, and they will be pardoned, no doubt about that. Uh, what's kind of interesting about that there when it comes to the whole defunding of the police and all that, uh, again, we need to look at, you know, Nazi Germany. We need to look at Joseph Goebbels and what they ended up doing when they defunded the police. What did they do? They replaced the law enforcement there with their own little brown shirts. And that really did not work out all too well. And I think what's even more interesting than that is this idea that we're going to start sending. And a lot of jurisdictions I've seen, they start talking about, you know what, instead of sending law enforcement officers, police officers uh, to basic calls and everything else like that, traffic stops is all going to be done by uh, who was it? Um, they had something ridiculous. Uh, nonviolent domestic calls are going to be done through social workers. Well, you know, everything's nonviolent until things become violent. You know, it's like saying, you know, everything's good. Yeah, that's it. Everything is good until things stop being good. When things go sideways, that's why it's called sideways. So I. <sighs> What's flabbergasting to me, and Thomas Sowell, he's mentioned this as well, is that we have grown-ass folks running around here. Grown folks that are running around and endorsing this type of stuff, this whole defund the police. Like even, even three, four years ago, would anybody in their right mind have ever endorsed this idea would anybody in their right mind think that rioting and protest, you know, uh, rioting and looting was somehow okay to advocate for your cause? Now we're being told these people, well, they're noble. They're, they're protesting and they're assembling. No, never mind to the fact that they've destroyed, you know, uh, what's that, Fifth Ave down in, uh, down in Madison. Never mind the main streets in New York City and other places like that. It's a very frustrating time here, but it is what it is at the moment. So, all right, we're going to take our final break here. When we come back. 
back. I want to wrap this up. I got a little talk about hydrochloroquine, and then I'm going to ask a question. And I want you guys to think about this as we go through this. But I need to ask you, is America worth saving at this point? Throw your answers in the chat room. We'll discuss it when we come back. Sleepless nights at the chateau. Visualize it. I'll give it Coach, coach, wherever we go, visualize it. I'll give us something to do. To get a wildfire burning, visualize it. I'll give us something to do. Ace high and going all in, visualize it. I'll give us something to do. Spread it like peanut butter jelly. Do it like I owe you some money. Caramel Conservative Podcast. That's right. We're coming at you here at 10.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. I'm your host, Ed Delgado here. 
Coming at you once again. Crazy. Great conversation so far here as we're talking about what's going on there in Portland. Uh, apparently, DHS is looking to send uh, their forces out there and arresting these terrorists, and I'm going to call them what they are, terrorists, to places like Milwaukee, Chicago, and many, many other more. So I'm not going to lie. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to get my popcorn. I'm going to enjoy it because I am here for the show. Um, and I want to kind of expand on something here Gary mentioned here that, you know, it's time for citizens to step up and have guns and leave us alone. And, and I am a huge proponent of the Second Amendment. Here's the issue, though. I don't want to see, you know, the, these posses forming up because I can just see, you know, this Wild West cowboy justice ridiculousness, you know, or all of a sudden we're forming lynch mobs. So we do need to be careful about that. Um I think the problem is, is that, you know, we can say, hey, you know, left, leave, leave us alone. We're going to let you have Portland in the story. Problem is, with the left, they are parasitic. And any time that they consumed everything they can from the host, they got to find another host. Why? Because they constantly need sustenance, and they really cannot produce it themselves. So they need to find other producers to leech onto until it's been sucked dry. History teaches us this. All we need to do is look at, you know, uh, the Soviet Union. We look at Maoist China. We look at, you know, Cambodia. All we need to do is take a look at all these wonderful places. And yes, Brother John God, we're going to talk about that here. And I, God, I am so glad you put that out there. But before I get to that here, I want to talk about one other thing out there in Portland. Apparently, there is a group of uh, women and a couple of uh, feminine men, they're putting together what's called a wall of moms. So what they're doing is a bunch of these moms are going out there, and they're linking arms together, and they're standing in between federal troops and the protesters. And I love how the, the media puts protesters on there. Not rioters, not looters, not agitators, not assailants, because if you guys have been paying attention the past few days, apparently out in Chicago, for example, they were launching fireworks at police officers. And I don't mean the stuff that you buy at a, at a, uh, at a convenience store either. That's, that's like they're, they're actually launching professional-grade fireworks at an individual. This stuff can not only, like, burn the hell out of you, maim you, but it can kill you just the same. One officer is being treated currently because he got shrapnel in his neck and his throat as a result of being struck by a firework. What kills me about this so-called wall of moms is, wow, you guys believe so much. And this is where I talked about the believer. You're willing to make orphans out of your own children. That's how I read this. You're willing to lay your life on the line for people that would turn you out, for people that could give a damn about you, for people that would assault you and your children without giving it a second thought just because they feel that it would somehow rectify an injustice. I saw a picture earlier today, and I got to tell you, it pissed me off to no end. It made me just fume. There was a guy. There was two guys, as a matter of fact. There was a little baby. It was a little white baby. And these two guys are black guys. And, yes, we identify the color because why? It's a descriptor. And it's one guy off to the left. He had this little baby held to the ground with the arms behind the child's back. 
The baby car couldn't have been more than two years old. And the other guy, which was in full of the picture, had his knee on this child's neck. You know, like George Floyd. And the caption he read, it read, and he could tell this was one of those Instagram, TikTok things, and say, you know, BLM forever. And that poor child was sitting there crying. Looked like he was in a lot of pain. If they're willing to do that to a baby, to a child, what do you think they're going to do to you and yours? And I'm not saying this to stoke up any kind of racial division. I'm saying this to... To get you to realize who it is that we're dealing with. We're not dealing with people that value life. We're not dealing with people that actually see a little child regardless of the color. And they see a child. These people actually believe that they're looking at an atavistic throwback. They have bought so much into the hype that they actually think they're somehow making a brave huge statement. This is the type of stuff that just, I got to stop before I go any further here. But uh, let's go real quick to COVID-19 here because I want to I talk about this one just real briefly. Um, obviously, back in March, April, President Trump was talking about uh, hydrochloroquine. And uh, even just, I believe it was a month, month and a half ago, he talked about he had been taking it himself. World leaders around this planet have been taking ACQ along with the, the Z-Pack. The zinc kicker, I think those are the same thing. Well, apparently there's a Yale epidemiologist professor who's gone out and he has said that, you know what, if you start treating people that have COVID-19, especially in the early stages with HCQ, with hydrochloroquine, sorry, I was going to give it a nickname we call it here at home, Harley Quinn, um, he estimates that you, we're going to save 75,000 to 100,000 lives just on the onset. Just on the onset alone. 75,000 to 100,000 lives could be saved with ACQ. A drug that has been tested and approved by the FDA for malaria and any number of treatments. A drug that is extremely cheap to produce. A drug that is given out like candy by the military. The only, I, the only drug I know that's given out more in the military is Motrin. And if you guys have been in the military, know anyone in the military, you guys all know about the joys of vitamin M. So, yes, we got that going on. Yeah, this wall of moms thing is just very frustrating because it's like you, you would actually orphan your children for a cause of people that, like I said, could give a damn about you. Could give a damn. Some interesting story there. So I want to get to this, and I was going to lead the story off with it, but or the, the show off with it, but I decided I wanted to hold it back to the last minute. And I asked the question here, is America worth saving? Are we at the point where we have now hit a point of no return? Are we just simply America in name only? And I've asked that question many times over the past several months. And a part of me feels like we're living in a post-constitutional society where we just now create rights where none were there, the Constitution itself be damned, and the, and the rights that are there specifically delineated, such as the Second Amendment, 
we try to put every restriction under the sun. Uh, case in point again, Second Amendment, let's put a million restrictions on it. But abortion, which isn't in the Constitution, we're just going to make something up and call it, you know, four, nine, five, and one. We're just going to create something out of nothing and just slap it together. You know, we're going to allow justices to write laws, you know, such as, the, you know, Obamacare decision where Chief Justice John Roberts essentially uh, rewrote Obamacare and turned it into a tax. Have we gotten to that point? That's the thing that that worries me. And there's a couple of people that have actually brought that is brought this about here. I've asked that question. One of the first people here was Rush Limbaugh. He put an article out here. He goes, we must decide whether or not we want to save America. And. I think that's a great question because I think in order to save America, we need to, oftentimes you hear people say, you know, we got to find common ground. We got to open the conversation. We got to open the dialogue. My response to that generally is, okay, what's the common ground? What does the right and left, what do the right and left share in common anymore? Well, clearly it's not the sanctity of life because, well, obviously, we've seen over the last year in particular with every Democrat that got elected, they did these whole, you know, up to the date of birth abortions. There are huge advocates for Planned Parenthood. So clearly, it's not the sanctity of life. Well, unless it's a criminal, then let's not execute them as freedom. And, you know, we just don't understand them. Right. But they're huge on that. OK, so we don't share that in common anymore. Uh, the founding fathers, okay? For those of us on the right, we see the founding fathers as, as looking for an ideal, understanding that we want to create a more perfect union. We haven't hit a perfect union, but we will continue to strive to become that perfect union. And it's a constant work in progress. To the left, they don't believe that at all. Case in point, look at how much they're trying to push the whole 1619 project. This idea that America was founded on slavery and that's all it was all about was slavery and white supremacy. No, never mind the fact that the slaves were caught, purchased, sold by other black folks. But, you know, again, let's not get facts in the way. So clearly we don't share that in common. Second Amendment. Um, well, apparently... All we need to do is take a look at St. Louis. You know, you can go ahead and tear down private property, start uh, threatening folks. And if you try to defend your property, you're going to get arrested. So, yeah. Second Amendment, not there. Uh, we don't necessarily believe in guilt before in or, uh, you know, that you're innocent until proving guilty anymore. Cause those of us on the right, we, we believe in the rule of law and the right to a fair and speedy trial. The left don't believe it. They, they go to the mob of personal opinion. They try to destroy you socially, professionally, and with any luck, hopefully you'll kill yourself. And that to them, that's okay. So what is the common ground that we have between the left and the right here in America? Where, where is the possibility for reconciliation? I don't see it, and I want to see it, but I don't see it. See, the left have gone so far off the reservation that to them, America is nothing but evil incarnate, 
that the only way to rectify this situation is to destroy America and to become something else. See, I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. John Gahn mentioned in here, the U.S. will be worth saving. No other country has ever projected so much power and influence in the history of the world. The U.S. is the light in a dark world. And I could not agree with that more. See, that's the thing. The left, they, all they see is victimhood and, and just this terribleness. But what other country has done more good for the entirety of the planet has raised more people out of poverty who has given more than we have ever taken despite the leftist rhetoric that well americans consume so much yeah because we produce so much huge difference huge difference brother john mentioned here yes john g the entire, uh, the entire future of Western uh, society rests on America's shoulders. And that's absolutely correct. You know, when Reagan said, you know, we are the city on, you know, the shining city on the hill. He was correct in this. When he said that, you know what, if, if freedom falls, it's going to be from within. And I believe it was him that said that if it, freedom does fall, and I'm paraphrasing here. There is no other place to go on this planet. You know, Rush Limbaugh wrote this article here, and I'll post it up here on the social site here, but he basically stated, or no, it wasn't Rush, it was his brother, David Limbaugh, and he did this on Daily Wire, but he said America's in crisis. Her destiny is on the line, and she will only survive if we still love her. A battle rages in the streets, in academia, in the culture, in the hearts and minds of American people on whether America was and remains a good and great nation. I have always believed that America is the greatest and most benevolent nation in, in history. That its con- constitution is, in the words of former British Prime Minister Will, uh, William Gladstone, the most wonderful, wonderful work ever struck off at a given time by the brain and purpose of man. The primary purpose of the constitution was to craft, to maximize, was crafted to maximize man's liberty, not just by paying uh, flowery lip service to the concept of hollowed parchment, uh, but by containing concrete limitations on government to ensure its realization. And that's an interesting point right there. Because our Constitution is structured in such a way it puts limits on the government where many other nations is limits on the people. Over time, anti-libertarian forces have chipped away at the document's integrity and its guaranteed freedoms. Today, those destructive forces are ascendant and they are emboldened. Years ago, I was invited to give talks on the Constitution. One such occasion, a female African-American law student, after hearing my glowing endorsement of the document, asked how she could, how, how she could be expected to revere a government charter that condones slavery. I, I admitted to providing an inadequate answer for my good faith questioner. But I have given much thought on the importance of this increasingly relevant question. The immorality of slavery is undebatable, but the constitution, constitutional provision dealing with it are more complex and deserving more than a short column. For now, let me say that the American people's better angels fought a devastating civil war largely over the issue and worked, especially in the last half century, to ensure equal opportunity for all people under the law going forward we must decide whether we want to heal or persist in the endless conflict and racial acrimony 
We can't legislatively purge evil from the hearts of men, but we can and must pray to God, to the God of all creation and of all precious human beings to expunge racial conflict and distrust from our souls and to heal this land. I believe we have made enormous strides on racism and let's not allow the naysayers to take that away from us. Some uh, continually call for a national conversation on race. Others maintain we have been having that conversation for decades. We have in a sense, but it has been more short shouting match than dialogue and has been riddled with sinister partisan moves, uh, motives rather than harmonious longings. If we're going to conversate, let's allow all views to be aired instead of censoring certain opinions with false charges of bigotry. And that's something I talked about earlier here tonight. You know, it's you, go, you, you can't you can't have your opinion. How dare you say this? And again, the idea of calling somebody a racist, a bigot, a homophobe, all that other stuff, it's, it's become, it, it's ineffective at this particular point. Because it's almost like the moment being called these things because, well, you've already out-argued that liberal. David Limo goes on to continue here. At the center of discussion should be the question of whether we believe, not in 1776 or 1791, that the American dream applies to all Americans. We will waste our time unless we believe that America is exceptional and has the greatest system of government ever devised by man, do we still embrace the American dream? That is, could we all agree that American federalistic structure, its schemes of checks and balances, its separation of powers, its express guarantees of God-given rights are far superior to any other conceivable government system, including all strands of socialism, Marxism, totalitarianism, monarchy? Should we foster a spirit of forgiveness amongst all Americans and all races, or do we seek to incite conflict for political gain? Do we support policies that improve the lives of all people, including minorities, or would we prefer to remain mired in the hate and bitterness? Will we can encourage colorblindness and loving one another as God's creatures in a truly integrated society or yield to those who will revert to color conscience and segregation? Will we repudiate or honor Martin Luther King Jr.'s legacy? We could debate whether or not the framers built obsolescence for slavery in the Constitution and whether the Civil War and the Civil Rights were enough to atone for the brutal institution, but we shouldn't. What we shouldn't do is uh, get about the, what we should, excuse me, but shouldn't we get about the business of living in harmony and striving to ensure the American dream is available for all? Do we want an, uh, to advance an agenda that treats all people equally and is better suited to lift everyone up? Or will we rather be perpetually angry and paralyzed by guilt? The article continues for uh, quite a bit here um, with him saying, you know what, conservatives must confront the pernicious narrative that America is evil and patriots who are intent on preserving uh, who who are intent on preserving it are racist. So we must confront that. Precisely the opposite is true. We want the best for all people. And if we lack the moral courage to fight for our principles, America as founded will disappear only if we save this nation will the people for whom the destruction forces claim to be fighting prosper. I pray God will heal and unite us and that we work together to preserve and reinvigorate the still wonderful nation. 
Now that article is there. We must decide if we want to save America. Thomas Sowell, in an interview with Mark Levin just the other day, his fear is that we've hit a point of no return. And here's the here's the the the, the question that I can't answer, that I want to answer, but I can't. And I don't think anybody else can answer this one. How do we go about finding commonality? Now, I believe a lot of these are the radicals, the Antifa crowd type people, and they are a small portion. They are small, but they are violent. And because they're violent, they appear to be more than what they are. But how do we reach out to our neighbor? How do we reach out to that fo- those folks that are they're not they're not malicious how do we get them to see reason and actually have the conversation and, and open ourselves to the dialogue as well too because we have to allow our ideas and beliefs to be challenged if we do not allow our ideas and beliefs to be challenged in the course of civil discussion then our ideas and beliefs are not worth having if you are not open to the fact that, you know what, hey, I could possibly be wrong or maybe I could learn something and grow as a result of that, then what you believe, what you think is not worth having because if you're not willing to defend it, why even have it at all? So we got to have that and work in a way that's going to better the country and ourselves as people. So is America still worth fighting for? And I gotta, I gotta agree one hundred percent with John Galt. America is the light in a dark world. Again, we have done more for this world to lift more people out of poverty, to help more people, to raise the standard of living on this planet, to have created more innovation than in any other point in time on any other place on this planet. And that's not to take away the achievements of those in Europe, China, uh, uh, the Eurasian continent, anything else like that, uh, down in Australia. None of that. It's not to take away from any of those accomplishments. But it is to say, without America, without the United States of America, a lot of the other nations on this planet would still be living in the Stone Ages. They would still be living in a very feudal society. And a society... I don't think many people will want to be a part of. So, no, it is worth fighting for. And I certainly got a lot more to say on it, but I know we're going to running low on time. And I almost feel like I'm leaving here on a bit of a somber note. And I don't want to leave like that. Um, just because I, I think, even for myself, I deal with a, there's a bit of frustration in all this. Because when I watch everything that's going on, it's upsetting it's upsetting it's frustrating it's infuriating because like i said i i look at when we talked about earlier tonight the so-called white culture you know this is what identifies white culture well first of all i'm not technically white whatever that means but almost all those things in there i identify with work respect going out there and doing the best i can do I I know members of my family. That's all they do. You know, uh, so how is that not who we are? Why is it just identified as white culture? 
you know so there is a bit of frustration there's a bit of frustration and you know you don't want your children growing up and dealing with this crap but again if we don't fight for the betterment of america if we don't go out there and try to engage with people even through simply a simple conversation if we don't do things to try to spread forth that idea you're allowed to be frustrated you're allowed to be upset but gather yourself regroup express that frustration with folks that understand what you're going through so that way you can kind of say you know what let me get myself together and let me think this through here because you know what i need to reinvigorate i need to recharge myself recharge my batteries and i need to go out there and i need to continue to fight the good fight because you know what at no point am i ever allowed to quit because as i say each and every week this is a dark world there are villains out there there are bad guys out there and there are bad actors and god willing there will be justice coming soon but for each and every one of us the individual we've come to the point where we can no longer just sit here and wait for somebody to come in and save the day we're not waiting for heroes anymore because at some point you have to realize guess what guys you too can be a hero if not for yourself do it for your families your community the folks around you john you are absolutely correct patriots do not cower you're allowed to be frustrated you're allowed to be upset but get over it buck up and go out there and become the best version of yourselves you can be be the exception not the rule and pay it for because god knows there may come a time where you need that help and you are absolutely correct we got just over 100 days to get this train going here right over the goal line so guys keep that in mind a little more than 100 days the election's coming there if you got that frustration going on just like i do from time to time feel free to hit me up on the dm you can hit me on there on plusultramedia.com i want to thank everybody here for joining in being a part of your show there we got brother john we got black dragons radio gary russin valario de leon we got our new friend there john gout <laughs> Thank you, brother. Thank you for being a part of your show. By the way, John Gout, I know him. He's a good man. We'll talk more about him next week, hopefully. Again, thank you guys here for being a part of the show. God bless you. God bless the United States of America. I'm out.